What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Channel 127. Welcome to Progress After Dark. Good evening to everybody out there on the West Coast driving home in your vehicles. Hello to everybody else in the middle of the East Coast. Welcome to Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. I'm John Fugelsang. Here... In Manhattan, New York City, Thea is producing us from Brooklyn. Chris, our executive producer, is being executive and production-like down in South Carolina. And for the next couple hours, we're going to be with you right here on Channel 127 at 866-997-4748. We would love to hear from you. Good evening to all our evil army of the night. We welcome you. We welcome all progressives and moderates and liberals and leftists and just anti-evil people. And we welcome uh, conservatives, of course. We welcome people who support Donald Trump but still pretend they're conservatives. We welcome libertarians who are really just embarrassed conservatives. And no matter where you land on the dial, you are welcome here at 866-997-4748. Let's do a show. He's indicted. And it feels so good. Uh, former host of Celebrity Apprentice, Donald Trump, has been indicted for the second time this year, this time on federal charges in relation to his handling of certain classified information while he was out of office. Former President Trump kept highly classified documents all over his retirement villa of Mar-a-Lago. He kept this stuff in the shower. He kept it in the bathroom. Have you seen the photos of the boxes stacked up next to the toilet? I owe the man an apology. All this time I've been saying he used the Constitution as toilet paper. There's photos of him using top secret documents just in boxes on stage at his Palm Beach Club in the ballroom. Just a few of the details in this 49-page indictment unsealed by the DOJ this afternoon. It's, it's, it's huge. And we've been saying for a long time, Merrick Garland plays a slow game. They are not going to be the first Department of Justice to ever prosecute a former president unless they have an airtight case with many, many charges to file. He's charged with 37 felony counts, 37 felony counts related to the classified documents. This has nothing to do with the Stormy Daniels case he's on trial for, nothing to do with the Georgia election manipulation case he'll be tried for later this year, nothing to do with the January 6th charges that will most likely eventually be brought. They unsealed these charges today against him, accusing him of inappropriately keeping and distributing sensitive U.S. government. As we all know, a couple points to keep in mind. Joe Biden 
did not indict him. Okay, if you're going to be on social media, please, I beg you, if you're going to be around anybody who's Republican in the next few days, please remember a few things for your sanity. Joe Biden didn't do this. Joe Biden found out on the news. He did not indict Trump, man. Also, Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland did not indict Donald Trump. Jack Smith, Jack Smith did not indict Donald Trump. You know who indicted Donald Trump? A grand jury of citizens of the state of Florida. That's who heard the evidence. That's who indicted Donald Trump to the tune of 37 felony counts, including 31 counts for the willful retention, allegedly of national defense documents, 31 counts of willful retention, maximum imprisonment term of 10 years and a $100,000 fine. Uh, Also counts of conspiracy to corrupt justice, withholding a document or record, corruptly concealing a document or record. That one doesn't seem like him. Uh, Concealing a document in a federal investigation, scheme to conceal. I love that scheme. That's that's my Tinder name now scheme to conceal uh, and false statements and representation. Now, none none of these counts have a mandatory minimum sentence, but they all have maximum sentences of five to 10 years, maximum fines of a quarter million dollars per count. And a quarter million dollars is a lot of rubles. This was a deliberate and concerted effort to remove top secret government documents that we the people own and to keep them. This was a deliberate and concerted effort to show these documents to whoever the hell he felt like at his pleasure while saying on tape he wasn't supposed to have them and saying out loud that he knew on tape he wasn't supposed to show them (laughs) in the bathroom, in the shower, documents about nukes, military campaigns, marked top secret and confidential in the shower. Here is Jack Smith. Special prosecutor, in his entire address he gave today, his full statement to the press on the DOJ indictment of Donald Trump. It's very brief. Good afternoon. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with felony violations of our national security laws, as well as participating in a conspiracy to obstruct justice. This indictment was voted by a grand jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. And I invite everyone to read it in full, to understand the scope and the gravity of the crimes charged. The men and women of the United States intelligence community and our armed forces dedicate their lives to protecting our nation and its people. Our laws that protect national defense information are critical to the safety and security of the United States, and they must be enforced. Violations of those laws put our country at risk. Adherence to the rule of law is a bedrock principle of the Department of Justice, and our nation's commitment to the rule of law sets an example for the world. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. Applying those laws, collecting facts, that's what determines the outcome of an investigation. Nothing more and nothing less. The prosecutors in my office are among the most talented and experienced in the Department of Justice. They have investigated this case hewing to the highest ethical standards, and they will continue to do so as this case proceeds. It's very important for me to note that the defendants in this case must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. Yes, sir. To that end, 
My office will seek a speedy trial in this matter, mm. consistent with the public interest and the rights of the accused. We very much look forward to presenting our case to a jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. In conclusion, I would like to thank the dedicated public servants of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, with whom my office is conducting this investigation and who work tirelessly every day upholding the rule of law in our country. I'm deeply proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Thank you very much. I know the question is, but is this going to keep Donald Trump from losing a third presidential popular vote? He faces up to 20 years in jail. And Walt Nauda, the aide, his his body man, he's named as a co-conspirator. He's the flunky who was sent to pick up the boxes and move them behind the FBI's back and behind his own lawyer's back. Both men face one count of conspiracy to obstruct justice. The indictment says the purpose of the conspiracy was for Trump to keep classified documents he had taken with him from the White House and to hide and conceal them from a federal grand jury. After his presidency, Trump was not authorized to possess or retain classified announcements. Um, Won't surprise you, Donald Trump claims his full innocence. He made a post on his filth social network criticizing Prosecutor Smith as a Trump hater and said, I had nothing to hide, nor do I now. Trump jettisoned his lawyers, James Trusty and co-counsel John Rowley today. That's a good sign, right? That, that's that's always a good sign. He replaced him with Todd Blanche, former federal prosecutor, already representing Trump on the Alvin Bragg case and a firm to be named later. That's always a good sign. This whole indictment starts with this revelation that Trump showed classified information to people not entitled to view it. And he was not entitled to possess it or show it. He stole classified nuclear secrets. Tell your right-wing uncle that. He shared classified military secrets with multiple unqualified people, including somebody from his fundraising pack. And again, he's caught on tape admitting he had not declassified this stuff before leaving office. 37 counts of wrongdoing. He's also accused of blocking the investigators, lying to them as they tried to get them. And they got him, man. They got him. They have the receipts. They have the timeline. They have him on tape. Now, Trump was personally involved in packing the classified info into boxes, and that's the weirdest part about this that I look forward to learning more of. He was really, really on top of this and uncommonly micromanaging the boxes. The indictment says that he showed classified documents to others two different times in 2021, including at Bedminster, New Jersey, which hasn't been searched. He's got a coffin buried there on the golf course, but that's where he shared the details of a secret military plan with uh, like a writer and a publisher. He said on the tape, as president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't, you know, it's still a secret. I mean, it's crazy. Hundreds of classified documents included information regarding defense and weapons capabilities of both the United States and foreign countries, United States nuclear programs, potential vulnerabilities of the United States and its allies to military attack, and plans for a possible retaliation in response to a foreign attack. He takes this stuff, and the Saudis give his son-in-law $2 billion. Holy crap. The indictment literally says he was hoarding nuclear secrets that could put at risk the national security of the U.S., Guys, 38 counts, 31 willful retention. Some unnamed family member is involved in the cover-up. Counts 1 through 31, willful retention of national defense. Conspiracy to obstruct justice. Withholding records. Two counts of corruptly concealing documents. Scheme to conceal. Two counts of false statements. So here's the facts. Trump allegedly knew he had classified material. Trump allegedly shared classified documents he knew he wasn't allowed to share. Trump and his flunkies allegedly tried to cover this up. 
the handling of the sensitive documents, Trump allegedly kept a massive trove of classified material he wasn't supposed to have and knew it. Trump allegedly stored these documents in weird and insecure locations. Uh, This guy, Naudo, we'll hear about him. Uh, He was on the surveillance footage moving boxes from a storage room before and after the investigators put out the subpoena in May. Look for that. He said to the investigators already that he did this at Trump's request. Republicans aren't defending Trump on the substance of this. They're just embracing his contention that the Justice Department is politicized and can't be trusted. And you'll notice this. Stephen Miller, listen to all the ones defending him. Okay, none of them are defending what Trump did. And again, Attorney General Merrick Garland knew they would do this. So that's why he appointed a special counsel to investigate Trump after he announced the run for president to avoid accusations of any political interference. So, again, under the Speedy Trial Act of 74, a federal defendant must be brought to trial within 70 days of an indictment being filed. 70 days brought to trial? Jack Smith said in the statement you heard he will seek a speedy trial, but 70 days means this thing could start going before a jury before Alvin Bragg. And that's the brilliance of this whole thing. It's so smart that they went with a little rinky-dink, piddly-shit New York case first. They had to have that canary in a coal mine. They had to see if there would be violent protests for Donald Trump. And you know what? There weren't. There were no rallies. There were no riots. No one attacked anyone, and they knew it would be safe. And guess what? We've known about this for 24 hours. No violence. He cannot rely on his army of thugs to go out and commit terrorism for him after all the convictions from January 6th. Now, he's going to Florida. It will be heard by that Trump-appointed judge, Aileen Cannon. She's the one who freaked us all out last year because she ruled of the special master. And remember this. When Trump was lying that Hillary Clinton had stolen classified documents, he amended the law from a misdemeanor to a felony to increase Hillary Clinton's sentence once she got convicted for taking classified documents. But of course, the Republican Party declared her innocent, and now Donald Trump himself is subject to that very law, which will add five years to each of the charges we have just gone through. It's beautiful. Don't let them compare this to Biden's case. It's got nothing to do with it. Biden's case is very different. For starters, a few dozen documents recovered in Joe Biden's house even fewer at the home of Mike Pence. Trump, hundreds of secret documents, including nuclear secrets. Uh, Secondly, Joe Biden was only the vice president. I mean, what's he got that's so secret? Like like Barack Obama's cell number. That's that's it. Third, Joe Biden gave his documents back right away. And so did Pence. But Trump lied and said he didn't have any. And the government spent more than a year trying to get their own documents back. You can be happy about this. It's funny. It's tragic. It's messed up. Our allies are going to look at this and our allies are going to know that their national security details were sitting next to a toilet in the basement at this retirement home in Florida for any drunk foreign national to wander in and enjoy as toilet reading. Just think about that. Think about the hoops Joe Biden and the State Department are going to have to jump through to calm our allies. But they've got him nailed. After he was subpoenaed for classified documents, one of his lawyers argued with him to go through all the boxes to look for classified docs. And that was Evan Corcoran. And before that review, Trump ordered Noda to remove the 64 boxes so his lawyer could not go through them. And it's all on tape. These Republicans are going to turn on each other, guys. Stay sane. All of this was preventable. If they had just stopped him in 2015 or 2016, they wouldn't be dealing with this. But now they went along with it. They cashed in. They got their tax cut. Now they're stuck with this guy. Believe me, Saudis, Russians, Chinese, there's plenty of people who have copies of these classified documents already. They had spies all over this place. 
and Jared didn't get $2 billion for nothing. Republicans spent two years and $7 million of your money investigating Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. And there are boxes of classified documents next to a toilet. So what do we know? We don't know if he'll plead. We don't know if he'll make a deal. We don't know if he'll go to jail. We don't know if this will help his fundraising. We don't know if this just saved Ron DeSantis' career. We don't know if Trump's arteries will last long enough or any of this. The only thing we know, people, Hillary Clinton's getting fucked up tonight. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. I'm John Fiegel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. When Michael Tissius was 19 years old, he killed two jail guards. He engaged in an attempt to free his former cellmate, who he now says manipulated him and talked him into helping him break out. It was botched, and he wound up killing two jail guards. Now he is in jail, decades later, serving death sentence, and Missouri is fighting in court to kill him as punishment, despite pleas from human rights groups around the world. His request for a stay is still pending before the Supreme Court. Again, the Supreme Court, which is made up of Catholics, who claim they banned abortion because they're Catholic. (laughs) Jesus never banned abortion. He did ban the death penalty. You guys already know. We are at 866-997-4748. Right now, let's get to your calls. Some of you guys have been very patient this evening. Jessica in Oregon, hello. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm great, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um, I just got back from doing another uh, movie QA in L.A., uh, for the new Stephen King movie, The Boogeyman. Oh, how was and, it? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, I, I, David Dasmalchen, Rob Savage, they were all there. It was a fantastic panel. I just wanted to say, if you love Stephen King's work, and if you know that short story, it's one of the creepiest ones he did. It's not a mm-hmm. happy ending story. Um, yeah. It's a night shift. But what they've done with the story is they've created a beautiful metaphor about grief and loss and mixed it with 
the legend of a creature that hides in your closet and will get you in the dark. And it's basically the boogeyman feeds off of fear, off of loss, off of grief. And within the film, you have a story about a family who's dealing with that, two families actually, and two fathers who are dealing with it and how they're not dealing with loss is how they end up in their situations they're in. Mm. And it's really, really fantastic. And I think it's something that you probably you would probably really enjoy. Well, I, I look forward to it. You know, here's the deal. And Chris can back me up on this. When it comes to the subject of Stephen King adaptations, you know, you, you, you never really know what you're going to get. Right. And, and for every for every Stand By Me or Misery or The Shining, there's a lot of other things that just weren't that great. The Mangler. Um, the Mangler, yeah, and I read that book. That was from that was from um, uh, uh, different seasons, I think. Um, Maximum you know, Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive, yeah, which he directed. He direct, but you know, like I, I love, um, I love Creepshow, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of cool books and a lot of just movies that were just sold and were product and and a lot of movies and miniseries about it. Uh, you know, never been a good movie about the stand yet. Same with Firestarter, but like you know. <laughs> A, a lot of noble failures. Um, I, I still think that uh, The Shining's great. I love the sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep. That was surprisingly good. Oh, yeah, that, that made me fall uh, my eyes out. That I thought Misery was better than the book, and I thought Stand By Me was better than the book. Chris, am I missing any? I mean, Carrie's good, too. What, what am I missing? I, I, I will put Salem's Lot, the original miniseries, up uh, on a pedestal because I saw it when I was five years old. and Salem's Lot, that, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It was scary. I was a little kid too. Yeah. That that little boy knocking on the window. Let me in, Danny. It's like, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly the scene I thought of too. I I, I will admit, I never saw. I I never saw the movie The Mangler, but um, but I did. I did sit through Children of the Corn when I was a kid, and (laughs) I saw The Mangler in a movie theater because I'm an idiot. But uh, but I love Robert England, and by the way, it's his birthday today, and it he's is. in that, and he is he is amazing. Uh, so he and he's the best thing in the movie. Wow! I was just looking up like Stephen King movies ranked, and there's like 50. I didn't even know there were that many Stephen King movies by now. I know there's it's crazy. So, well, he does a uh, he does what they call dollar baby movies, where yeah. it, you can he'll pay, you pay him a dollar, and you can make a film off of his short stories. <laughs> Um, and, and that is why, because I mean, at this point, he's got so much money, and he's sold more books in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, he doesn't care. <laughs> he's like, he doesn't need the money. Do what you will. <laughs> and it's, but he's he actually gave a, a shout out for the boogeyman. And uh, Rob Savage is a fantastic director, and he did. Uh, I don't know if you heard of it called The Host. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah the one that they did during the pandemic and he's right. the guy that directed that i didn't see it i saw the korean horror movie the host because i am a horror movie junkie but I, I haven't seen the one that that you're talking about um well now i gotta go see it now now you now you talk me into it i'm curious what you're going to say about it i i would love to know your thoughts i i fully recommend it and uh i think you'll dig it oh my god just like I mean, I, I sat through every Stephen King movie. You know what's a really good movie? The Dead Zone. Terrific. David Cronenberg, oh, yeah. Christopher Walken at his best, Martin Sheen as a villain, and he's great. And, and all these years later, it's still totally creepy. Yep. Uh, Creep Show 2, again, that one with, with King in it as <laughs> I've Joey. never seen Creep Show 2. 
Oh, no, no, not Creepshow 2 is good. Don't see Creepshow 3. But I didn't even know there was a Creepshow 3. No, Stephen King is in Creepshow 1. He plays the guy who turns yeah, into a plant. Jody, Jody Barrel, I think, is his yeah. name in it. And uh, yeah. the, the line meteor shit will forever stick with me. It's so funny. <laughs> I met Stephen King when I was very, very young. I was at a production of uh, 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 The Merchant of Venice with Dustin Hoffman as Shylock. Oh, my God. There was Stephen God. King in the audience. And he was. we were just hanging out in the lobby. No one recognized him. He was there with his son. And uh, oh. I had a great talk with him about Maximum Overdrive. He was totally cool. That's so great. Yeah, I'm surprised he remembered making that movie because he, he admits himself that he did your Coke, my Coke, everybody's Coke while making that movie. <laughs> yeah. Stephen King talking about all the cocaine he did in the 70s and 80s is pretty remarkable. I didn't know your nose could bleed that much, but I have I have read him talking about it. And I do think that, you know, Rob Reiner is the only director to take two different Stephen King stories and adapt them into movies that are better than the original with Misery and with um, with uh, Stand By Me by me yeah he's he's it's amazing the guy's got range uh more than any other writer i think with what he can do and uh there's a whole thing about him making characters that are unlikable characters that you will like and um that's that's magical that you can do that that's i mean that's the stand in the stand almost every one of those characters is flawed in some terrible way and it's the end of the world and it's so amazing watching them all try to survive and you're it's fascinating who you do root for so yeah yeah Right yeah, on. Well, right. now I got to go see the boogeyman and, and, and for all the listen, I'm a I'm a broken down loser. I have a small child. I can't see movies for fun anymore. You understand? Like I've seen Super Mario Brothers twice in the theater. You're trying to get me to go see fun horror films. I don't see it happening, but I'll do my best. If it, if it makes it better for you, it is PG-13. Right on. Uh, it, it does not. I'm only I'm only just beginning to corrupt this child with horror movies. I got a kid who won't watch horror, won't watch Bella Lugosi Dracula with me. Like I've been trying for years, and I just have this disturbingly normal child who just wants to play games and and watch cartoons and not be scared all the time. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm like, who? Where did you come from? I'm so sad. Not my son. <laughs> Jessica, you are wonderful. Thank you so so much. No worries. Bye-bye. Have a great evening. 866-997-4748. Reverend Sandy is calling from L.A. Reverend, what's up? Hey, John. Um, I just was relating to your uh, earlier caller who's just exhausted from all the bad news. Tell me about it. And I thought it was time for some good news. Okay. Um, According to Jeff Asher of The Atlantic, the murder rate is suddenly falling. In the first five months of 2023... Yes, it is. The murder rate has fallen in big cities and small cities, and it it seems to be, we don't know yet because it's early days, but it seems to be that intervention, violence intervention, is working. So that's great news. So the, uh, the, the reaching into communities rather than just heavy policing and punishment... Seems yeah. to be working, getting people connected to their communities, giving them a reason to live, a reason to be um, happy, a reason to understand that they are valuable human beings. Lowers the murder rate. Who knew? I mean, so, look at anyway. it this way: like, like the murder rate's down about twelve percent year to date, right? Mm-hmm. In over ninety cities. Okay. Um, right. Gas prices are also down. Uh, border crossings right. are down. Inflation is down. How are they going to be able in the media? to not give Joe Biden credit for any of this. That's my question. How are they going to be able to... <laughs> We're, it's going to be up to the... It's going to be up to us, the hoi polloi. It's going to be up to us, the, the ordinary people, to, to tell the story to our neighbors because I don't yeah. think the media will make enough money off good news. 
Then no, they can't. Good news doesn't get the clicks. But he, here's my question, Reverend, and, and and this is to be fair to Donald Trump. And I try once a day to say the words <laughs> in fairness to Trump, and then I'd see if I can do it. But but let me try right here. Um, how much of this is because of COVID? You know, we saw one of the largest well, but- increases in murder rates in, the, in in history in 2020. I don't blame it on Trump. Uh, I blame it. You know, it it was COVID. The world flipped out and the murder rate went flat in 2021, declined a little bit in 2022. And now it's really declining this year. It it sort of seems like it got peak bad when people were locked up and crazy and and unstimulated and, and, you know, in a panic over COVID. Yeah, it is difficult to explain the trend. And that's why I said it's early days. But I still believe in intervention programs. And I, yes. um, I still believe that if you go into communities and help people understand that they are valuable, and, and I'm not just talking in our city, I'm talking about rural, I'm talking You're about right. places where people have guns, because we all know that the, like most daily gun deaths, the majority of them are people taking their own lives in despair, and the majority of them are white men. So That's if right. you care about everybody, which we try to do, you and me, John, we have to say that if if the rate is falling, it has to be because people are are finding more meaning in life. And I hope that that's the case. And I'm going to I'm so going to just hang on to that hope because I'm exhausted. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we, we can Ukraine say like, like I mean, it, it is. It, but life is better now than it was three years ago when we hit our national high. I mean, I mean, you know, prices have yeah. gone down. Life is yeah, better yeah. In, in, in many yeah. ways. But I do think the piece in the Atlantic you're talking about really does argue that the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act is at least partially responsible. And yeah. I think that's great. Whether it is or not, let's just talk about it, because I'd love let's to look at all the data and, and talk about how, yeah, there is a correlation. Because right. if well, government, if government policies got violence, us into these problems, I mean, if government policies get us into all these problems, Sandy, government policies should be able to get us out of them. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Should be able to get us out. And I, no, I was just saying that I know a lot of people who work in violence reduction and who go into very risky neighborhoods and make friends with people and do their best to create community where people feel no community and, and a lot of adverse, you know, adversity Um, They are reporting that that this is working as well. So I am I'm very hopeful and we need hope. And I have some tonight. So I just thought I would share it. So your friend who's hopefully off, hopefully off having foreplay with his beautiful wife, who's put up with so much. Maybe he'll hear this and think, oh, good. It's time to like turn the radio off and the TV off and just enjoy life for a minute. So, that's all it's about. I'm, yeah. I'm here to make that's sure that man does. finds a way to pleasure his wife. That's that's my goal. For the day. <laughs> and himself, too. Let's let's be fair. Doing it for the Lord. Uh, Doing yes, it for the, the Lord. pastor's talking about sex. <laughs> hey, by the what? way, pastor, yes. by the way, pastor, by the way, I'm glad you're in L.A. and not in a more dangerous place like Jacksonville or a number of cities in Florida. I'm really glad you're in a state that oh Ron DeSantis doesn't run because <laughs> you have a lower crime rate than those unwoke cities he's so fond of. We sure do. And we also we have so much more. More than those unwoke cities, it's such a shame. We have higher test scores and better community relations. Like everything is going much better in places that are woke. Mm, I don't I know. Ben Shapiro tells me that. it's a, Ben Shapiro tells me it's a hellscape, and you're all moving out of there. Not him. He's staying, but I he tells said, me everyone's moving out. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit when you said Ben Shapiro. So sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. His wife had the same reaction. 
Reverend, yeah. thank you very much. I feel validated and cleansed by this call. Thank you, Sandy. Have a great, <laughs> great evening. Stay in, stay in L.A. Fine. where the crime rate's safe. Okay, quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get to all of your calls. If you're on hold, do not go away. 866-997-4748. This is Progress. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Let's go to the phones. Y'all have been so patient on hold. Uh, hello to Mike in Michigan. You've been on hold forever. Welcome, Mike. Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. It's pretty hazy have... here. How is it in Michigan? Y'all are safe from this, right? No, we've got hazy. We've got hazy, oh, man. We've got okay. alerts in, around Detroit, uh, northern, uh, even here in Tecumseh, uh, some uh, uh, air alerts. But they're wearing uh, yeah. masks up there in Detroit, too. So mm. not as bad as New York. But, it's uh, bad in New York, man. The whole It's like how the world looks to Corey Feldman. It's just it's very hazy right now. It, it's kind of nuts. You know, uh, this Drew in California, I think. <laughs> yes. Was it nice? Talked about the, uh, you know, the Pride Month. That's what it was all about. And, uh, yeah, it was all about Pride. Re- but again, yeah. Pride and drag queens and uh, men in dresses going into ladies' rooms and raping children are all the same thing. I don't know if you've been watching uh, Fox News, but they're all the exact same thing. So that's how it is in his brain. Again, I, I find it really helps with folks like Drew in California to just get specific. Just ask them who, 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 where has this happened? Because I can, I can name more Republican senators arrested in public restrooms than trans women. So we go, hey, tell me, get specific, and that's what they don't want to do. What about what's more dangerous is the, uh, the cell phones they got in their hands and the drag queen, for God's sakes. Yeah, but you, you can't get elected. You can't get elected saying they shouldn't have phones in their hands. Democrats do that too. No, you're going for Republican Christians. And what are right wing Christians like? To beat up on the least of us, to beat up on marginalized people. Republicans have had the, conservatives, I should say, because Democrats used to have this figured out as well. Fake Christians gonna fake Christian. And so you'll always see it. The laziest ones will not talk about our real problems. They will take a tiny minority that's not bothering anyone. And take over the headlines. And it works, because the headlines <laughs> will cover it. Yeah. You know, even yeah. if we've got Sharia, I mean, Scalia law. It's the same thing, so, yeah. We, our, our Sharia law is Scalia law. Yeah, so it's crazy times. Interesting times, John. Uh, well, yeah. May you live in interesting times. What a, what a blessing and a curse. Thank you so much, Mike. Hey, Rachel in L.A., how are you? 
I'm good. I'm actually in the heart of pride here in WeHo. I have a very loud, fabulous weekend being serenaded by Grace Jones and uh, uh, very nice. I can't people. wait. Nobody. I'll be in LA. I'll, I'll be in LA next week. I'll I'll be in LA next week. I I really miss West Hollywood pride. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Greenwich Village pride snob, but I love it in LA too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I'm like literally like I was. I could hear everything. Nice, really fun. Um, and that drives me crazy. That person who <laughs> drew. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> yeah, I just they're always saying, "Oh, they're trying to sexualize you." Till they are not, like. <laughs> right, but these. But, but again, no one thinks about gay sex more than a paranoid straight man. Have you ever noticed this? I, I know guys who are straight who talk about gay sex more than gay men I've met. And and so to them, it's all the same. And these are if you have a dirty mind, you will project that onto others. So teaching true. children, you know, again, children are old enough to be groomed to hate gay people. They're not old enough to be groomed to not hate gay people. That's essentially what the entire argument comes down to. Yes, totally. It's ridiculous. I I haven't talked to you in a little while. There's a couple of like old things I wanted to let catch up with you. What's going um, on? The okay. First of all, this is pulling way back. I, you're very right. You I like your theory about Diane Feinstein. I understand what you're saying, and you're right. Like the I, only I, way I hate it, but it's yeah. That's it. You gotta keep her. And so that's heroic of her to even you know what I mean. It's obviously not easy for her. Mm-hmm. Um. So you're right about that, and. Whatchamajigger, the pool boy. We've got the <laughs> new scandal with the pool. You guys were talking about pool things. Uh, oh, I thought, I th- I, right. I thought you meant the Jerry Falwell Jr. kind of pool boy, not the Donald Trump obstructing evidence kind of pool boy. They're both hilarious for different pool. reasons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, and this parlatory guy, but he goes on every show and tries to make it like, that's nothing. This is perfectly normal. What the nothing? This is-? I mean, he's good, I guess, at doing that, but... I mean, he's totally full of shit. <laughs> uh, kind of seems that way. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy he's he's seen the documents, you know, he knows Trump's in trouble. But again, he's got to do what he's paid to do. Yeah. I mean, tonight he's like, well, was it a photocopy? Well, what was it was photocopy? And, and this business about having, moving it to Florida, that makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what can you do and what can you well, do? Well, again, if, if, if that's where the crimes were committed, which it seems yeah. to be, then that's where they're going to prosecute. So I get it. I feel bad for the Democrats of Florida. It's like become this enclave. It's like Moscow at beach. <laughs> well, you know what? If, if things get tougher like, for the Democrats in Florida, maybe they'll have to show up and vote next time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, even like, did you see Alicia Silverstone did this whole long thing on Robert Kennedy? No. What did she say? Yes. I, I saw on Instagram. It just popped up. In my, I didn't, it was so long what she wrote. I couldn't, you know, I read like two sentences about it, but she, she wants it was her and him, and she's, like, endorsing him. It was, like, her long explanation. Okay. It was on my Instagram. I mean, that's okay. clueless, you know, between her and that Dash girl. <laughs> <laughs> look, I mean, look, I, there's a lot of Robert Kennedy that I like a lot. Uh, he's done the yeah, show. I like him. I will have him on the show again. Uh, I hope to have him on the show as part of this campaign. I don't think he's going to be much of a threat to Joe Biden. No, me neither. And I'm glad that Chris Christie's speaking out. I mean, even if, you know, he doesn't get anywhere, at least somebody has to. Mm, yeah, I mean, but Chris, I'm not a fan of Chris Christie, you know. But what 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 did Chris Christie learn about Donald Trump that he didn't know when he supported him for re-election in 2020? Like, what what's changed about Donald Trump since 
So Donald Trump was great until 2020, but since then, yeah. something's changed your mind? Please, Chris Christie is as opportunistic as he ever was. I know. He, pre- he, he pretended know to like saying. Donald Trump. He <laughs> pretended to like Donald Trump to help himself, and now he pretends to hate Donald Trump to help himself. You know, he's going to be great in the race. He's going to keep people awake. And I do predict he will do much better than anyone is thinking right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, this is a way back thing. You you know, you were on Stephanie Rule. Remember that? Like, was that I do like remember a that. A month ago or something? Mm-hmm. And first of all, that was very cute. I hope you go on there more. And right when you were on there, my friend Wayne is a stylist, and he, like, styled her her whole – he's her stylist now, and he styled her the night before you were on. He styled her for that White House correspondence thing and all these things. <laughs> okay. And he's kind of in the news because um, – you know that silver dress that Tina Turner, you know, poor, uh, rest in peace, my Buddha? Yes. My Buddhist, you know, mentor or whatever, oh, yes. Tina Turner. Um, that silver dress she keeps getting photographed in. Yes. My friend Wayne, who's a stylist, we've been friends, like, since way back, and he made that dress with Johnny Versace. Oh, very he's nice. Sort of, and also, he was there with the nipple. He's a Nipplegate guy with the Janet Jackson. <laughs> okay. You, wow, your stylist is like Zelig. He's everywhere for everything. And, and so what What about, he did Stephanie's hair? Uh, he did, he's her stylist now. He's been doing all oh, of okay. her clothes, like for like oh, all okay. the these, the White House Correspondents Dinner. It was like right at the time when you were on there that that oh, started. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm, they're both very lucky to have found each other. That's awesome. And then the Met Gala, which was also. By the way, my 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 hairdresser killed himself out of grief during the during the pandemic, <laughs> but I don't want to go into it too much. But I I am still looking forward to the day of your layers of your hair, John. Maybe when you come for sexy liberal. <laughs> I've already cut right. over 12 inches off this hair, people. I've already, I've, I've cut off most of my pandemic. I've cut a foot. I've cut a foot it's off of it. the layers. You need the I layers, dude. The layers. It's such a handsome face. <laughs> it's like, oh, mom, you're back. Making me feel bad because <laughs> I'm so handsome. I, I'm going to get it cut well, soon enough. I, I, please. Just, I'm Catholic. Let me hang on to my pain. It's my pandemic mullet. It's part of me. Could you get yeah. like feathered maybe before you cut it off? Or? I'm going to get my hair feathered. Oh, it, my hair is going to be like Juice Newton. I'm going to feather my hair so hard that the back of my head will look like a butt. That's how much I'm going to feather my hair. Now, oh, I want the good John layers that you had before. The pandemic. Mm. You don't like this one length? My, at the salon, no, they call this look the pet hoarder. <laughs> That's the look I have. The pet hoarder is what, if you want the look yourself, you can ask for Just that. a few layers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. The woman I live with likes it, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. Thank you so you much, like Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll see you very soon, Rachel. Have a great, great evening. If you're on hold, stay right there. We're going to get your call after we bring on Keith Price. Comedy Daddy's waiting in the wings. We're at 866-997-4748. We still have to talk about three presidential announcements on the GOP in 24 hours and which Fox News anchor made some very not nice fat jokes about one of them and had to apologize on the air. We'll be right back. This is Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. 
on Fail Better. David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. You don't know what it's like to wait all week long to have some time with Comedy Daddy. Maybe you do. Keith Price is a comedian. He's an actor. He's a writer. He's a radio star. He was the first openly gay black radio host at Sirius XM and co-anchored the morning show on the breakthrough channel OutQ. Remember OutQ? What a great channel. You know how long ago that was? That was before Dave Rubin decided to turn in his uh, card and become Tucker Carlson's pet gay. That's how back in the past we're looking. Uh, you have to do your soul a favor and catch Keith's wonderful, funny, inspiring Broadway podcast, Keith Price's Curtain Call Comedy Daddy. Welcome back. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I mean, I'm trying to breathe. How are you doing? Have you ever <laughs> seen right? New York? York like this. I've seen Vegas and California like this. Never nope. Manhattan. Never Manhattan. But well, here we go. Now we're having yeah. it. So God is punishing us for Trump by turning our skies orange and brutal. That's all I can <laughs> all I can say about it. As a reminder to never vote for him again. <laughs> it's like the rainbow. <laughs> Well, we, we I mean, it's it's really scary. And I, I, I do feel for all the people in Canada and all the animals in Canada and all the suffering. I mean, this is this is impacting a lot right. of folks. My, my little one I mean, today in school. I mean, the kids were all scared and so many kids were getting sick in schools today. Sharmi came yep. home, Keith, and she she threw up as soon as she got home. I mean, it's the air was classified as wow. hazardous to breathe. The advisories weren't just saying don't go outside. They were like, stay mm -hmm. home and avoid physical activity in your homes. Like, that's how gross it is. It is. It's like, and you know, and I, I had to go out because I had to work this afternoon. And, and yeah. luckily, when I left the apartment, it wasn't as bad, but I wore my mask all the way through. And when I got to Midtown, I stopped to get some coffee and then I uh, had a, a bagel bite from Dunkin Donuts or something. And, I'm sit, and I decided to do it right in the middle of Times Square because it was still kind of hazy, but not crazy. Yeah. And I took my mask off and I instantly could smell evidently something that I wasn't smelling with just the mask that I had on. And I thought to myself, wow, if the mask is keeping that off and I'm looking around and I see all these people walking around with no masks on, they're yeah. all just like living their life. And I'm looking at them like, okay, you know, this is the time you really should consider wearing a mask. Like I, mean, I, I know you don't want to be told what to do, but <laughs> if you, if you really stop and think about it, like this is something that you really should think because you know, you're breathing in stuff. We're breathing in stuff yeah, that we the, can't the, the see. Air is, the air is filled with the smoke of flaming Canada. And this is the time when yeah. you know, at the school pickup today, they, they they gave masks to all the children when the, as they came out of school because people wow. have masks lying around they haven't used. Today was the day mm -hmm. to use them. I know. It's very scary. But, you know, it's it, people are still going to try to move on. So I'm, I'm hoping to be a part of the people that can move on. But I'm just like, again, I don't know what we're going to do because this is sort of like, when it snows in texas you know what i mean like you just don't know what to do because it usually never happens so mm -hmm. like what do we do with the smoky smoggy thing like i don't know <laughs> you, you say you like we have to stay inside you know 
But I know, again, but this is New York. I'm used to going outside, taking a deep breath, and inhaling the heady bouquet of carbon monoxide and stale urine. Like, that's what exactly. I expect. My, my lungs aren't ready for all of this. It's like, for I God long sakes. for the days of stale urine now. That's it. Well, I should say, it's now it's the city. Of, now, now, let's be fair. It's the city of, of, of carbon monoxide, stale urine, and someone else's weed smoke because that's that's ah, that's the that's true, true new york bouquet at this point that's oh my it. god that's the dispensaries keith they're everywhere every block you people don't understand like there are over two thousand cannabis dispensaries in new york and over a dozen of those are legal they're every everywhere you go <laughs> they're trying to sell you keef and, and edibles and i'm just like I, I i just came in to buy dildos sir i don't need anything more i just <laughs> just came for the dildos so I'm, I'm leaving you know what's so funny though it's like it, it's become this boom economy moment for everything and everyone. And it's going to be just like it is out West where, you know, it's legal out West, but now, you know, the growers are having all this issue because nobody's, you know, people are buying it so cheaply that they're not, you know, like know. there's so much left over. And it's like, I know. so I see that's what we're going to end up on this side, which actually would be really good for me. Um, but I'm just <laughs> saying in the, <laughs> Just I'm just leave, saying, leave some money you know, for leave some money for Taco Bell and your children's education, people. That's all exactly, I'm talking about. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, but it's again, that's that's where we are. Look at where we are. Right. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like watching people. But I but watching people today walk around without masks to me was just like, wow. Okay, I could not you believe just it. R- roulette, baby. You just play that roulette. You but hey, can I ask you one question? Most of the people you saw without masks, I would guess, were white people. Because I saw lots of mm-hmm. non-white people wearing masks today, and I saw lots of seniors wearing mm-hmm. masks today. It was young white yeah, people so I saw mostly not wearing masks. We already went through this once before with the whole mask thing. We were like, yeah, we'll wear them. It was cool. Yeah. You know, like, I don't so, want to get a disease, but now I want to be able to preserve my lungs for other things. Keith, I want to I want to be able to go through with you over uh, a lot of the news of the day, including mm-hmm. some of the brand new uh, Republican presidential candidates. But let's go to the phones real oh quick. My. A lot of people want to weigh in. Let's talk to some of our evil army of the night. Uh, Thomas is calling from Florida. Thomas, welcome. You're on Sirius XM with Keith Price and me. Hello. I'm doing just great, young man. You, you had me going there because I've heard some crazy white boys on the radio tonight. But <laughs> okay. that, that ain't what I called about. Yeah, I am called about crazy white boys. The, okay. uh, we're having the wrong conversation. You know, we're going round and round and round. But the problem we have here is the same old thing it was when I was a little boy in the 50s. It's called race. Yeah. And anything else, and see, and that's the problem. The media dared not address that. And then the other problem with that is if you want to control, control, control slaves or work somebody work for free, so then they also want to control everybody else, including women. Mm, that's so right. Nobody's talking. Those are the things we need to talk about. There's other crap about... Joe ain't done this, and Robert Kennedy is a nut, but none of that matters. We need that. Do we want to survive? Well, it's, all, it's all related, don't you think? It's all related. Yeah, I, it's I agree all, with it, no heart, but do we want to survive, or do we want to feel good? Exactly. Well, what, what, I mean, I think we want to thrive. I think we want to... The problem is, as a black man, the problem is, as black men of my age, we know this bullshit when we see it. You know, I we know, know this. this ain't nothing new. This driving by the black and all of this shit and shit. When I was growing up, young men had to leave town because what he spoke up to white folks and all of this kind of crazy, and they had to go north, which, you know, mm-hmm. that was what it was. But if you were anywhere below the Mason Dixon, we know that. But it's even worse in places it's like true. Michigan, Illinois, 
Indiana. There's some crazy folks. Ohio and them, 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 them the road lizards up there. So hey, listen, that, 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 not just there. I mean, you know what I say about you know what I say about New York State? The more north you go, the more south it gets. Thomas, where in Florida are you? Where, where in Florida are you, sir? I'm in Orlando. Okay. So, and also, l- l- since you mentioned that, I was watching the news Friday night. Yeah. Past Friday. And we have, you know, they've gone to privatization, so our DCF, they was expect, we care about our kids program, is... $12 million in the hole. And it basically serves two counties, Orange and Seminole, which is Orlando and Sanford, Florida. The big cities. Well, the big city is Heathrow, where the rich folks live, but we don't worry about that too much. Okay. Uh, let, let, let me ask you, has anything in your life, as a man living in the South, has anything gotten better? Have, have you seen anything no, get no, better? No, 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 no. It's just like a woman promising you sex. You know, we never got it. <laughs> we never got it. We never got any of those promises. Even though when I came out of college, they was waiting to hire me because at, at that point, we had some people with empathy. But, see, you got to tie it all together. You know, we got to head of the Supreme Court. His mission was to basically keep niggas out. That was his mm. job. Before him, we yeah. had Ring Chris. That was his job, to keep to keep the keep the, the, the beans out. Okay, that's what they was calling him back then. So, yeah. you know. Well, this ain't a new play. See, but we every every damn every damn day, and I hate to say this, white America is fucking amazed about shit that's been happening all my life, all I my know. dad's life. All I my know. Life. My great had to go to France to fight in World War One. What kind of crazy this thing? Exactly. Exactly. And and look, then there's always going to be white people who have a hard time catching a cab and figure it out 80 years too late. But that's better than nothing. Right. I mean, like, I want yeah, people to yeah. become more but aware. I, I want people I'm, to get I'm it more. Asking that we, I'm asking that we take this conversation where it needs to be. And of course, I'm not the right one because I'm angry. OK, so but I need someone like you. And like I can tell you, my playlist, you know, on the daily is, is Joe Maddox. Stephanie, yeah, me too. And then and then you. So this God bless. I, so, okay, pressure's called, on. I love listening to some of the craziness, but today, you know, I'm hearing so much about about Sahan, Sahan, you know. But if if my if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. That, that <laughs> if shit just don't work with black folks. If don't mean shit. For those for those wondering, Sahar Sahars is a reference to Stephen from Kentucky who wanted to talk a lot about Sirhan Sirhan. Uh, Thomas, it's an honor to have you call. Thank you for listening. Please, your anger is beautiful. Call up more often. I really respect your takes on things. Thank you. Thank you, young man. Thank you, sir. I want to keep. I do want to talk about. The, can we talk about crazy white people for a minute? Because in the last twenty four hours, all the time. Three white people who have no chance of ever, 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 ever becoming close to becoming the Republican nominee for president decided to do it. First up, bachelor number one, North Dakota governor, Doug Burgum. You know Doug Burgum, right? You read, do you read no. Tiger Beat? You don't read Cream? Do you read any of the, um, you read the Source or Spin? Uh, but here's the deal. Doug Burgum really hates abortion. He hates abortion more than any other Republican, and that's saying a lot. Here he is on wow. Fox News explaining that his biggest strength is his complete anonymity and his total lack of name recognition. I'd say we're undaunted about being unknown. I think it's a great place to begin to tell our story. We've got a great story to tell. And, and I think that there's a yearning in America for someone with deep private sector experience who understands the needs of small business because I've been there as a small business owner. Deep private sector experience from the party that gave you George W. Bush, Mitt Romney and Donald Trump. Try a businessman. 
I, 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 is this house is this how much they know that Trump is done that guys like this can jump in the race, Keith? I again, I have said this to you before, <laughs> and I will say it again. For those people who look for the Republicans who want to run this country like a business, I'm okay with that if that's really what you mean. But you need to pick people that know how to actually run businesses Thank that you. don't end up bankrupt, that Thank don't you. steal from you know charities, that don't you know, like I I don't know how else to you know I mean, Bloomberg <laughs> I to know. me if you're going to go Republican would have probably been the better choice just because I think he's a decent business person but I don't know, I mean, I, you know I don't live his yeah. life I don't know what his story <laughs> is but like. You know, I, I've never heard him go bankrupt in all of the years he's had his communications companies. No, but who do Republicans run? Look at Bush and Trump, the guy who couldn't find oil in Texas and the guy who couldn't keep a casino open in Atlantic City. You know, they, they don't send their best and brightest. That's that's all. No, they don't. But yet um, for somehow the crafty and conniving ones hide behind these really stupid people. And that's how they get their things done. That's, how you know, I, listen to Chris Christie, because that. I know you're well, going to bring him up at some point. But, well, well mm. you said crafty and conniving, so let's go to Mike Pence next. Here's here's A8. <laughs> um, uh, during his announcement sermon, uh, Mother's Little Darling, Mike Pence repeatedly leaned on the deep, deep, deep trouble America is in, and I'm using my pious voice to make you think I care. This country's in a lot of trouble. President Joe Biden and the radical left have weakened America at home and abroad. <laughs> The confidence and pride that once lifted the American spirit to new heights not so long ago has given way to fear what? and a growing angst that our best days might be in the past. In many ways, our country has grown barely recognizable than just a few short years ago. There are crises everywhere. Get her. Our borders under siege. <laughs> Inflation's at a near 40-year high. Gas prices mm. are through the roof. Yeah, Fertilizer and fuel years. prices are working a hardship on family farms mm. here in Iowa and Indiana and all across the country. Mm. Crime is skyrocketing in our major cities. Real no, wages are falling down, national actually. debt. Okay, I think we've heard, we, like we, we, we've heard enough of, of male Karen with that one. Um, you know, I think the best thing he can say, they're all saying, hey, this party tried, they, they, they wanted to kill you on January 6th. What should you, what, what, what can you say? I think his campaign slogan should be Mike Pence 2024, still here, not hung. There you go. <laughs> when your biggest yeah, selling funny. point is how not hung you are, then just go with that. Go with I was that. Think, I was thinking I, I was going to say, uh, his his slogan could be "Let's hang America." <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing that's hilarious to me is when you really, really think that this guy got so deep into politics to the place where the person, you know, as the second uh, person in command of this country, that the first person, your boss, literally is asking for people to hang you and murder you, just <laughs> leave you out to dry, like. Why would you even want to be involved with those people? My mother used to tell me many years ago, if people don't like you, stay the fuck away from them. And it feels mm -hmm. as if there's, you know, of all of the candidates that's up there, I feel like Mike Pence should be the person that's running the furthest away from all of that. 
But you'd think that. For some but, but, reason, but his ego... What's he supposed to do with himself, Keith? What's he supposed to do with the rest of his life? I, huh? you know Just what? be on a get board a somewhere? Be a lobbyist? Like rest... <laughs> yeah, well, get a fucking job like everybody else, right? He's a lawyer. He's... That, like, that's the thing that I, I, I say about this, in, uh, including, like, you know, all of these senators and, and uh, representatives that have been around for a long periods of time, and yeah. they're fighting so hard to keep these jobs that they, mm-hmm. you know, with the voters and stuff. It's like, bitch, don't you have a resume? Like, I know you, if you need to find a job, like, you know, when, when we were released from our jobs, that's what we had to do. We had to put our resumes together yeah. and get out, get out there and go find something else. And it's like, we don't have the luxury, especially, you know, as a black gay guy, I don't have the luxury of being able to just walk into any place and think that they're going to take my resume. I mean, you're, you're a respected former congressman. Like, your resume <laughs> will go to the top of the pile, which means that you're going to have to impress them in the interview. So, like, it's like, what are you afraid of? You, like, the world is much more open to you to do things than anyone else, which is the reason why we have all these crazy people still hanging around. Yeah, like, uh, you know, he's got his talking points, but like, like he said, the American people deserve to know that on that day, President Trump demanded I choose between him and the Constitution. I chose the Constitution <laughs> and I always will. You think Republicans care? Give a Pence? Shit to Bob. Republicans don't care about your ethics. They care about whether you win. And, and he also, he said that uh, he attacked Trump for um, retreating from the cause of abortion because Donald Trump <laughs> wisely, I think, uh, went after Ron DeSantis for the six-week ban. In, 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 I mean, these people don't... How do you ever think you're going to get elected president walking around saying you support a ban on abortion after six weeks? Like, Ron DeSantis is done already for this. Well, but the, the thing is, no, but those people that are going to vote for all of that, they don't give a shit. Yeah. And, and what happens is, is those of us that are standing outside looking at these idiots need to you know get to the polls we need to go to our congressmen we have you know we have a lot of work to do to out to show that we really do outnumber these people because we really do right you know and 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 it's like we have to figure out a way to surround them like you know (laughs) like a bacteriophage you know like the (laughs) how you go after a virus you got to go around it and then you you hold it in and then you pull it in and then you do all kinds of things to it that way because at this point now they are they are really disrupting what could be a really peaceful world. You know what I'm saying? Like we could be living in a much more, like we were in a progress state, you know, even through with Obama, like with the gay marriages and people living free enough to have their abortions. Like we were all doing fine. And all of these crazy people that don't want gay marriage and don't want, you know, abortions, we were just like, well, just don't have them. And you're all right, you know? Yeah. But for those of us who want them, we're just going to go ahead and do that. But again, they don't really need it. The, the politicians don't need it. not get invited to the park. But they don't care about but gay they marriage. They don't care about abortion. They don't care about illegal immigrants. They talk about it to get dumb white people to vote for them. That's the racket. And it's worked for decades. Which that's brings us decades. to bachelor number three, the pride <laughs> of New Jersey. <laughs> Former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, who, who, who really went straight for Donald Trump. Uh, and again, Chris Christie was blindly obedient to Donald Trump because that helped him. Now he's attacking Donald Trump for the exact same reason. Look how far he's come. He went up to New Hampshire to announce his candidacy here. He offers no guarantees. That I can't guarantee you success in what I'm about to do. But I guarantee you that at the end of it, you will have no doubt in your mind who I am and what I stand for and whether I deserve it. And that's why I came back to New Hampshire to tell all of you 
that I intend to seek the Republican nomination for President of the United States in 2024, and I want your support. So there's and four reasons. Coupons. <laughs> four reasons you announce a presidential campaign that will never work, right? Four reasons. Uh, you 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 want to take care of your legacy, like a Pence. You want like a, a, a to to bring up your public stature, like a Buttigieg or this guy from South Dakota, North Dakota. You want to get a book deal or better public speaking gigs, like most of them. Or you want a media job, which Chris Christie already has. But it's exactly. hard to believe he thinks he can get the people that elected Trump by going after Trump uh, when he was so in the tank for Trump in 2020. I, I mean, I don't think coming out and saying I can admit when I make mistakes is going to be enough to cover up that stank. Well, again, all of these people that were, you know, they're trying to throw Trump under the bus now. They were beyond subservient to him. Yeah. And they were beyond, yeah. like, as I said before, they were hiding behind him to do all of the dastardly things that they wanted to do that they knew they would get away with because Preach. everybody would be looking at that idiot Trump and what he's doing, what he's saying. Meanwhile, they've pretty much hijacked everything else on the other side of the fence. And so Chris Christie can talk about Donald Trump, but every time they say something, it would be like, well, that may be true that you know that he's this way. However, you knew he was that way when you were working with him and you didn't have a problem with it. So the question is, is like, why, if then you didn't have a problem with it, that today you have a problem with it and you think you can do the job better than him? Like, go sit your fat behind down somewhere and stop talking to people. And yes, I'm a big fat so, so I'm going to go there. You know, it's it's like it's ridiculous to me that we spend this much time again. It's like white people have all this time. Like, look at these, these white men walking around trying to think that they can change the world or they can make the world see be seen through their eyes it's like how about you go and just look at the rest of the world and see that we don't give a shit about y'all we don't give a shit about the way you're living your lives we don't care because again if you want to you know have relations with your in your your children or your in-laws and and produce children we think that that's a terrible thing and you shouldn't do it However, we can't control you and stop you from doing it because we're not sitting in the back of your house in the Appalachian Mountains looking at you every five minutes to keep your hands off your daughters. We're not doing any of that. You know why? Because we're busy living our lives, too. And guess what? We're living our lives, too, and not touching everybody. You're not being inappropriate with nobody, not stopping people from getting an abortion, not stopping people from getting gay married. You know, we're not doing any of that. (laughs) It's like... And so if you spend more time not doing any of that, imagine the shit y'all could get done. That's my thing. You know what? I I, I got to play one more clip for you because it's so worth it. Uh, <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to well, me. Okay. So John Roberts, I, I've made fun of John Roberts a lot over the years. He, he, he used to be a VJ in Canada with a mullet in the eighties. And when I was young, Charmaine, I used to watch CBS evening news and make fun of this prompter monkey in New York. Cause he just was the oh. stiffest, most robotic anchor I'd ever seen. And now of course he's the great, him. he's the gray haired guy on Fox news who acts like he's above it all. And you know, he seems kind of smart compared to the rest of the folks at Fox news. But, but then every now and then a couple times a month, he'll, He'll do things. Earlier today, he was discussing the Republican field and John Roberts, the grown up over there at Fox, could not resist making a fat joke on the air about Chris Christie. Give a listen. 
So uh, we wonder about the net effect on the race. And, and to, to, to use a, a, a modification of a metaphor that we were using in the panel earlier today, it's like you have two milkshakes, right? The Republican Party mm -hmm. is two milkshakes. Okay. And, and this one, representing almost half the party, because that's what the polling shows, has got okay. one straw in it, and that's Donald Trump's straw, right? And the other milkshake, which represents the non-Donald Trump part of the Republican Party, has how many straws in it now? And now mm -hmm. we're going to have Chris Christie's straw right. there. And judging by Chris Christie's physical stature, he could drink a lot of that milkshake if he wanted to. But you, you're not affecting the Donald Trump milkshake. Yeah, you're no. just affecting the other part of it. I think it'll have little oh. net effect in the race. <laughs> okay, I don't go to Fox for fat shaming. I go, to, I go to Fox for racism and lies about a vaccine, Keith. Oh, I mean, I, I just, I, if, it, if it had but been was funny. It really a fat, was it really it a been, fat joke? It wasn't. It was just it was just lame and unimaginative and mean. If he had told here's my thing. Fat jokes are not cool. But if you can tell a funny one, if you can find if you can make it clever, then people will laugh. He couldn't even do that. Just just yeah. meanness. Well, you know what though? It was that he was trying to make it seem as if he wasn't doing it to to come for him for being fat. He was trying to find an intellectual way to like rationalize a fat joke. And it's like, listen, you know, you, you, if, if the, it's just the biggest straw, like we all went to McDonald's when we were kids. Remember how wide that mouth was on the straws? He was so too he's, busy. He's the McDonald's straw. That's how but it he was. Goes. Also, he was murdering his own shitty metaphor in the process of making this lame. And look, here's the deal, man. I don't support fat jokes about Chris Christie. OK, I don't think he's over. He can still bounce back. And that that's not a fat. That's not a fat joke. He, he really can. I, and I don't. <laughs> I don't call him a big fat liar. I call him a big boned liar. I really care. But but <laughs> Keith, like a few minutes later, John Roberts either realized it or more likely a producer got in his ear and said, homeboy, you fucked up. So uh, here's a few minutes later, even more awkward, his effusive <laughs> apology when he realized what he had done. And then maybe Fox's audience don't appreciate obesity humor. Here you listen. Uh, hey, before we go on, I, I just want to take a moment to address something because I really do feel terrible about it. Er, earlier on the show, I was making an analogy to describe the Republican voter pool. And I made a comment that I meant to be lighthearted, but immediately realized was hurtful toward Governor Chris Christie. I should not have said what I said. I deeply regret it. And I sincerely apologize to the governor. <laughs> of course you do. What you should have said instead of calling him fat. Just calling him the candidate with the glandular problem. That that could have that could have done it. His particular stature, maybe he likes a lot of milkshakes. Oh, I would roll. Well, I mean, know, it wasn't. Chris oh. He's got the best personality of all of the candidates out there. <laughs> oh, he's he's someone you can really talk to. He a really good listener. All the all the girls like great great personality. <laughs> you could, you could, he's somebody you'd want to sit down and have dinner with. That's exactly. But put your hands over your plate just in case. <laughs> and, exa and, and, and listen, I still think Chris Christie can climb any mountain with, with the aid of multiple Sherpas. Many, many Sherpas. <laughs> All right, let, let's get back to the phones. People have been waiting Stop. for a while. Just, it's so mean. I just, oh, I, you I, know oh, what, though? He, does, he just deserves it. He, he makes it too All easy. the Chris Christie jokes can come back. That's the great thing. All of them. Although, it's can like, I tell you my... times like this that I do miss Joan Rivers. You know what I mean? Like... I miss her a lot. I miss her a lot. Although, you know what? My favorite Chris Christie story is when he worked with Obama after Hurricane Sandy in 2012. And he mm -hmm. tried to help the citizens of his hurricane rabbit. That's not big government. That's good government. I have always said I give the Obama-Chris Christie alliance a 10. And not just because they resemble that number when standing side by side. <laughs> um, let's go to the phones. 
I'm trying to remember all these jokes from 10 years ago. Sean and Callie, you're on the <laughs> Hey, I love the comedy, Daddy. Love you. Uh, you know what? Uh, just so I Sorry. jump in on this one. Okay. I have to jump in on it. You know, well, Chris Christie has wider range than Bridgegate. So, I mean, I'm telling you, he mm. has that bridge is so wide that you guys fill in the, the point there. But I, right. I'm telling you, John, I also heard make sure you try the cannabis infused dildo, okay? Well, okay. If you're going there for dildos, you might as well get one with some pop. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Get one with some pop. Never I bet it will. How you doing? <laughs> so, you want you latex know, or silicone? I, I want some pop in it. That's really what I... What, what kind of silicone pops when I use it? That's what I'm interested My in. Go on, You're going to have to wait for the surprise, man. That's the whole point of these things. They come in a package. Ah, uh, that, <laughs> that, hey, that, that's what got me out of the Navy. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. <laughs> But no, I mean, so when I'm listening to, like, all these people jump into the Republican, you know, presidential race, I mean, call me the dumb one, and that's fine. I have no problem. I don't care if Donald Trump is being waterboarded in Guantanamo Bay or at some black site. He's the nominee with all these people jumping in. That's Who's it. doing that's the it. math here? That's I it. Mean, right, Keith? I mean... Donald Trump's the only one also in my lifetime that getting indicted and arrested is going to help him. You know these crackers are going to keep on funneling him money. You know these ignorant people are going to just, I am your retribution. Please pay my lawyers. I just, but again, I find it just, it just fascinates me that we can sit here and honestly, you know, as, as smart, rational people see the sham that that whole thing is. And yet these people have no clue, nor do they want to, and will stone you if you dare to try to sway them from even thinking less of their leader. It's like, what the, I just, I, what is that hold? I don't know. It's like, it's the same thing with people that love R. Kelly still, you know what I mean? Like, what is wrong with people? Like, Don't you see that stuff's there? For both, John, you remember, uh, everyone remembers Obama. I don't know if people forgot this because we ran into the fake news and all these Republicans is talking, you know, complete nonsense, no facts whatsoever. But there used to be the truth squad. I used to get these things in my email all the time. John, you need to start it. It needs to be the Christian truth squad. And you just... (laughs) Go, baby. Every use Wow. That. I'm telling Christian you. Truth Christian Truth Squad. Doesn't that sound like a great name for a tour? Won't I attract my right audience if I call a show Christian <laughs> Truth Squad? That'll bring Boom. that will bring the hippest comedy. The lovers of satire will turn out. You have to wear a bulletproof vest, but other than that, you'd be good, man. I'm telling you. Because you people don't, don't have an earthly clue what they're talking about when it comes to the Bible. Nothing. And, and, and people not, who don't have an earthly clue are my audience to begin with, so I'm starting to see how this makes sense. Well, I resemble that remark, but I, you know, hey, you know, when you said crazy white people, I was like, I'm on hold, man. Get me on. I'm sorry. I know. Crazy. Well, I want to give a shout out to, you know, my demographics. So that's how I identify, too. Sean, thank you very much. I appreciate this. And I appreciate you. The idea of your you calling your tour the Christian Truth Squad and then be surprised at the people that show up. It's like when Strange Loop was on on Broadway. Uh, it was written by a guy named Michael K. Jackson. And at the same time, 
on Broadway right now is a show called the MJ show. Yes. With, with Michael Jackson story. And so there was a church crew <laughs> that bought tickets to see a strange loop. Because mm, Michael Jackson's not realizing name is that on it's it. Michael nice. Jackson is not. He was the playwright oh, and not the beautiful. story. So, how many hours? How many hours of intense gay sex did it take for them to realize they had bought tickets to the wrong show? I, I, all I know is, is that a big group of them were in the mezzanine, and then a big group of them left the mezzanine. Beautiful, it's kind of beautiful. I kept thinking, uh, "Wow!" Before we get to the break, let me take Linda in Iowa. She's been on hold forever. Linda, we got like a couple of minutes. You're on with Keith, and okay. we're all punchy, oh, like wow. it's a Friday, and we're drunk. I don't understand. This is what happens when we we've been inhaling smoke all day. We're very lightheaded I at this point. Know, Go ahead. I know. I was driving. I went out to Western Iowa, and I was driving back on Tuesday, Sunday night, and the moon was. Blue blood red and it never mm. occurred to me it was from those wildfires be careful with your lungs mask up you guys mask up yeah we um, will it's such an honor keith to talk to you i just have to give you one word of celebration i've always been so proud that my white state of iowa sent barack obama onto the presidency iowa gets the credit felt, yeah and i just felt like it was, that was martin luther king's dream coming true i just it was so meaningful White people in Iowa or why Obama got the nomination and black people in South Carolina or why Biden got the nomination. Yeah, isn't that cool? That is so cool. I just have to give you a shout out as to what's going on in Iowa to fight against. Please, we have like a minute, so let us know really quick. There is, there is an LGBTQ owner, restaurant owner in LeClaire, Iowa, and the third Sunday of every month she's doing a drag queen brunch. Okay. And LeClaire, you probably might know about this, it's where the American Pickers had their headquarters for a while. Yes. But I just wanted to, sh- and, and to WQAD, the TV station that brought that broadcast on their news, didn't charge them with advertising or anything. So, hallelujah, huh. we're out there and fighting it, fighting the good fight. But what, what about the children? Uh, what about the children who've been damaged by this? Are they okay? Are, are, are the children, the thousands of children who've been hurt by this? Or is, or is someone taking care well, of the children? Because that's all that matters. Well, they think it's Remember, I told you about the three-year-old boy who dressed up like in a ballerina costume at the preschool I worked at. A couple there you go. Yes, there, there's the proof. All you need. Okay, hey, Linda, thank you so very much. You make me love Iowa. Keith Price is taking time out of his busy schedule, figuring out what he's going to wear for the Tony Awards to join us. Keith, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your many doings? They can find me on the Twitter at Comedy Daddy, or they can come to the website KeithPriceComic.com. Or they can even go to my um, YouTube pages because I've been doing a lot of uh, red carpet stuff this last two weeks. And I have a lot of stuff that I've just posted that I've actually done the video work and everything on my own of interviews of some really great people, including some of this year's Tony nominees. Brilliant. Which is going to be great, as well as Drama Desk winners. So, yay for me. (laughs) I'm very excited. Uh, Hey, before we go, let's go uh, really quick to Richie in L.A. Richie, I can give you like a a less than a minute. Okay, hey. Hey, John. Hey, Keith. Hey, Chris. Um, you know, the thing about Governor Christie, even though he's kind of husky, you got to admit he's got a nice face. And that's important. <laughs> and really, really good personality. <laughs> right. He tries really hard. And, you know, he does. <laughs> and you know what? He, he's so positive all the time. He's, he's blessed. Right. He's blessed. He really is blessed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lizzo has self no Lizzo has self esteem. Chris Christie hates himself. Trust me. Well, or, but not as much as he hates Trump, and that's the important thing. 
Yeah, uh, but the problem with that is he always hated Trump, and we knew it, and he pretended he didn't, and now he can't pretend he didn't pretend. Right, Keith? How does how's this guy got to claim, what are you going to amnesia? I mean, he I, just voted well, for him well, three years ago. Well, but That's what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Speaking, you might as well, I mean. I Go ahead, Rich. Rudy Giuliani, isn't Viagra gender-affirming care? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's yes, it's also dignity approving care, and the case of Rudy Giuliani is potential child bride uh, approving care. Thank you Ooh. so much, Richie, and thank you, Keith, for classing up our show. It's so good to see you all be virtually. Thank you, of course, to Chris Household, Thea Harper. Guys, we did it. This show went by so fast. This is Sirius XM. I'm John Fugel saying peace. Peace.